0: Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Restoration Foursquare Church Audio Podcast. We are glad that you're joining us today. Stay tuned for today's message. Enjoy, and God bless. Amen, I love worship. I love the presence of God, but I'm telling you, ain't nothing above that word, amen? Nothing is above God's word, praise God, and we want it, and we ha- got to have also instructions for our lives, Amen. Because really, to be honest with you, we need to be taught how to be Christians. We need to be taught how to be Christians. We get taught everything else. <laughs> Amen. We spend all this time getting taught about everything else. And I believe we should be taught how to be Christians. And without further ado, give God some praise That Pastor Jordan come on up. Amen. I said God some praise. God, God. Amen.
1: Missional mindsets, missional work. Um, how many of you know we're blessed because of the expansion of the campuses and so forth that are going on? We're getting ready to open the new campus in September um, in South Huntsville, and then hopefully in January we'll be looking at the Athens facility. But a lot of times we don't understand why are we doing that? Why are we? Doing God said, go ye into all the world. And we do a lot of missionary work going into different countries. Four Square is noted for that. We have literally thousands of churches in foreign lands. But how many of you know that sometimes we neglect home? Sometimes when we get going, we f- forget about our neighborhoods. We forget about our cities that are right around the corner. And so it's important for us to realize that when God says, go ye into all the world, that your local areas are part of the world. And God says the harvest is truly plenteous, but the laborers are few. And what I want to share with you this morning is just a little bit of understanding what our mission is. And also understanding uh, your role in the mission. So if I were to put a title to anything, which I'm not great at doing, um, what I would call this is simply your, look, your life, God's mission. And I'm going to share with you from a story that everybody knows. How many of you have heard about Samson? Samson. I don't think there's anybody on this earth that has not heard the story of Samson. From a child, we have learned about Samson. The thing that we focus on about Samson, though, is the fact that Samson had long hair. There was a woman that came into Samson's life that cut off his hair because Samson had a thing for this woman. She got under his skin, got to his hair. Samson had his eyes put out. Then Samson destroyed the Philistines. How many of you know that's pretty much the gist of the story? Oh, but there's so much more. See, because I want you to understand the reason for Samson's life. And hopefully as we look at the reasons for Samson's life, you look at also the reason for yours. Because we spend a lot of time on this earth saying, Lord, why was I put here? What am I here for? What is it that I'm yet supposed to do? When God tells you that you were born with a purpose, he forms you in your mother's womb with a purpose. So what I want to do is I want to back up a little bit to Judges chapter 13, and I want to look at verse 1. We're going to walk through this. If you have your Bibles today, I want you to make sure you you open them up. Make sure you look at them because uh, I got mine right here because anybody who knows how God uses me, it's this is not a sermon. These are Bible verses that are simply copied down in larger letters so I can see them. <laughs> okay. So I want you to understand. And uh, as, as I was explaining to my brother, the great thing, the gift that God has given me is when I look at his word, I don't see the words. And when I look at his word, I see what's happening in the words. And I praise God for that gift because, you know, it, 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 it helps me so much in my faith because I can see God in a whole different way. But here I want you to look at, in Judges 13, chapter 1, it says, and the Israelites, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation, it says, again, the Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight, so the Lord handed them over to the Philistines, who oppressed them for 40 years. Now, the reason that this verse is important is because I want you to understand the situation of God's people. How many of you know Israel just really had issues. You know, I'm I'm we're going to just talk plain today. Israel had issues. They trust God, go good for a little while. And then all of a sudden become full of themselves. Or let themselves get swayed by their surroundings. And then all of a sudden they find themselves pedaling backwards. Now, none of us can ever relate to that, right? (laughs) But see, that was the condition. And these were God's chosen. How many of you know that you're God's chosen? But it says that God recognized what was going on with them. So he allowed them to go into a place of captivity or a place of oppression. And sometimes when we say, well, Lord, I don't understand why this is happening and why that is happening. A lot of times we can look at a reflection of how obedient we are to God. Because some situations that come into our lives are simply because we open the door to that situation. Is it all right if I just teach this morning? Because I know a lot of times we want preaching, but God said today I need to teach. So I want you to understand something. God loves us so much. He is a good father to us. He's just like we as parents are with our children. How many of you know sometimes, especially in this day and age, where a lot of times we don't believe in corporal punishment. We do the time out thing. So in order for you to understand what God was doing with Israel, he was giving Israel time out. It's a lengthy time out. How many of you know sometimes you can put your child in time out for three minutes and it just won't work? Because they don't get the point. Now God had put Israel in time out after time out after time out after time out. So now he's saying, look, Forty years ought to do it. Forty years ought to do it. Think about it. When the children of Israel was running around in the wilderness, 40 years and they still didn't get it. So God says, look, let me do this. But I love my children. I love my children. So I want you to understand the purpose of Samson. Because if you go and you look at what it says here in verse 2, it says, On that, on those days a man named uh, Moham and the tribe of Dan lived in a town of Zorah, his wife was unable to become pregnant and they had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to his wife and said, Even though you have not being able to have children, you will soon become pregnant and give birth to a son. Now, then he gives this whole thing, but I want you to understand why she was going to give birth. Verse 5, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut, for he will be dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. He will begin to rescue Israel from the Philistines. So now I want you to understand, Samson was not just some strong man running around. Samson was created for a purpose. He was created for the deliverance of Israel. I need you to understand, because a lot of times when we read that story of Samson, we don't understand where he came from and why. But it's important for us to understand everything about God, is about taking care of that which he loves. And I want to relay to you today one of the reasons that you're on this earth because you're a part of taking care of what he loves. And you're saying, well, I don't understand, Pastor. How could that be? As a mother, what do you do? You take care of a child that which God's love. As a wife, as a husband, what do you do? Husbands, he said, love your wives as Christ what? Loves the church. Wives, you're not only nurturers of your children, but you're nurturers of your husband. You see, it begins even at the foundation. A family. He says, as a pastor, he says, I can't take care of the church unless I first know how to take care of my house, my home. You see, there's a thing about taking care of, there's a thing about nurturing, there's a thing about understanding that you have a purpose, which you're born, and it begins from the very beginning. From the very beginning of which you draw breath, God has has you in training. What did he say here with Samson? He said, look, mother, I want you to do certain things. Even before this child is born, there's certain things you have to do to take care of yourself so you can take care of this child. Let me show you something. Let's look at these verses because you got to know it's God. He says, you will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and his hair must never be cut. For he will be dedicated to, to God as a Nazarite from birth, and he will begin to rescue the Philistines. Now, and the first thing he told the woman beforehand, he says, you must not drink wine. Or other alcoholic drink, nor eat any forbidden fruit food. Why? Because what you do affects that which is inside of you. What you do will also touch the life of that which is inside of you. So understand, that's why he says, for us, everything that we do is a reflection of Christ. But everything that we do also affects those around us, either in a positive way or a negative way, either in a way that causes them to be oppressed or a way that causes them to be encouraged. There's no such thing. I can remember these words coming out of my mouth before I got saved. It doesn't matter what I do. I'm not hurting nobody. (laughs) How many of you ever said that? Hey, the only person that's going to be affected by this is me. That's not so. You have people watching you that you don't even think about, you don't even know about. I don't know how many people I've come that, that have come up to me and said, "You know, you, you know, you really encouraged me. And I'm going, I don't remember having a conversation with you. No, I've been watching you. I've been watching you. I had a young man that came up to me one day, and he's a pastor today. But it began with him telling me, he says, I was watching you to see if you were another one of them jack Lake preachers. That was his terms. I didn't even understand what jack Leg was. <laughs> <laughs> that was his term. This was years ago when I was uh, pastoring down in Mississippi. And he says, you know, he says, yeah, I've been watching you. He was one of these. I mean, he, he was—he was a party animal, cheating on his wife, going out and having a good old time, and so forth. Good-looking guy, didn't even have to work hard at cheating. And he come up, just come up, just sitting in front of my office. I've been watching you. Okay. <laughs> you really believe that stuff, don't you? There's no point in me doing what I'm doing if I don't believe. And you've been watching me? Yeah, I have. Because I wanted to see if you were just another one of them Jack Lake preachers. I said, well, what's a Jack Lake preacher? <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> he said, you know, you're one of them preachers. You talk a good game, but you out there living the same way I'm living. Sorry, I can't do that. Because I know I got to answer to God. See, I'm one of them preachers that ran from God before I acknowledged being a preacher. Because I didn't want the responsibility. I'll just be honest. How many of you know sometimes we run in life? As a Christian, just a Christian, you don't have to be a preacher, just as a Christian. You run away from the truth because you don't want to be held accountable for it. Which is a deception from the enemy because if you're running away from the truth, it's the same consequences as not accepting responsibility anyway. We're crazy. (laughs) We really are. Just not logical at all. But here is Samson who is being... Born with a purpose. Now, the wife goes home to the husband and tells him about this encounter with the angel. Except they see it when she pronounces a man, told me. How many of you know sometimes you got to be really careful because God says you never know when you entertain Angels. Sometimes the word of God will come through somebody or, or whatever, and you say, oh, man, that was good. I was good. And sometimes we don't understand. You better listen to know if God is speaking to you. And I had somebody one time ask me, well, how do I know if it's God or not? It's pretty simple. Know God's word. You'll know God's voice. If it's not in line with God's word, it's not God's voice. Real simple. But you got to know God's word. Now, she goes and tells her husband. And, of course, the husband has to go and say, hey, look, let me find out who this dude is. He's talking to my woman need to find out who this dude is. So, of course, he runs back with his wife and he asks, are you the person that spoke to my wife? And the angel says, yes, I am. He says, by the way, make sure your wife follows the instructions that she was given. And I'm paraphrasing from verse 13. And he emphasizes she must not eat grapes or raisins, drink wine of any, any other alcohol drink, or eat any forbidden food. Then the husband says, uh, stay here and let us prepare some food for you. I'm paraphrasing again. And here's the thing the angel stayed. Fellowship for a little bit. In verse 16. this time the man didn't realize who he was speaking to and I want to take the time to remind you sometimes you can enjoy the company of God you can enjoy the presence of the spirit of God you don't even have to know that that's what you're doing you're just partaking and enjoying. You're being blessed by God without even knowing it. And that's okay. See, that's the great thing about God, is he loves you so much that he wants to be a part of your life, every part of your life. He says in everything you do, do it as unto the Lord. You are that important to him. He will see you right where you He will visit you right where you are. He will be with you. When you don't even realize he's there. And sometimes he appears. In a brother or sister. In the midst of situations. Remember this was a person who. Had been barren. And they're finding out that. They're getting words that says, you'll no longer be barren. You're no longer going to go without that which you've wanted. Is there somebody in here just looking for a child? Because I'm telling you, birth is about to take place. But see, here, we need to understand that there is a reason for everything that God does. Even that child that seems to come into this world and you're going, how dare they bring that child into this world this way? Hmm. Let me tell you something. there's sometimes we don't understand what God does or how he does it. But the best thing for us to do is roll with what God does. Let me give the case in point. Here's the man who says, the husband who tells the angel, he says, look, what's your name? So when all this comes true, I can honor you. Now, first of all, who is it that blesses us? And sometimes we get things kind of turned upside down. We look at the messenger instead of looking at the message. We look at the messenger rather than looking at the one who has sent the messenger. And we got to remember to praise God for everything. Everything. I can't take no glory for God's words. I can't take no glory for being the messenger of God. I can't take no glory for nothing. Everything I get. That's why I can't write a sermon. Because God doesn't trust me. I'm serious. Now, it's a good not trust. I used to be an intellectual person. So it's very quick for me to put stuff in stuff. So the way God operates with me, he gives me the scripture and says, now, what I want you to do as I download, you give out, period. That way, there's no glory taken, no honor taken from him. I prefer it that way. That's why when you come up, oh, man, that was a good word. Well, thank God just that simple i'm i'm just a messenger i'm just an instrument and i'm good with that you see but this man wanted to know what the angel's name was and what did the angel say why do you ask me my name it's too wonderful for you to understand in other words it's a secret Besides, it doesn't matter. You're paying attention to the wrong thing. I don't want you to give me glory or honor. I want you to look at the father who's causing this to come to pass, is what the angel was saying. You see, sometimes we focus on the wrong thing, and what we need to do is realize how to stay focused. But then he goes on to this other thing. This, this just amazes me. That's why I love the way God has me when he looks at this word. In verse 13, 22, this is when the man finally realizes an angel that he's talking to. Oh, my God, I was talking to an angel. We will certainly die, for we have seen God. are so silly. We will go back and forth from one emotion to the other. We've seen God and oh my Lord I just realized what happened. How many of you have ever had an encounter with the Lord and just realized what was happening and all of a sudden it just throws you into a fit? I don't believe that just happened. Oh my had an encounter with God, I never would have thought, oh, my God, this gift just appeared and I, oh, Lord, oh, my God, and you become afraid. I remember the first, and, and you know, and the thing is, I could attest to this because I thank God the way he deals with me again because I remember when I kept, when I was arguing all the time with God about this, the, the, the gift of tongues because I, I was so messed up because I was seeing so much of, you know, is it real, is it not? saw so many different people from different backgrounds and different denominations and so forth and different misuses of the gift and different instructional things that were going on. And I said, okay, Lord, look, I don't need none of that confusion. Amen. Yeah, I'm going to tell you, this is just the way I was. This is the way I am with God. He and I talk. We're friends. Amen. He's my father. I'm his son. I communicate with him. I talk to him just like I talk to you. And w- w- he says, pray without ceasing. In other words, talk to me all the time. And I was going, Lord, look, I don't understand. I got some that say it's a it's a gift from the past. I got some that say it's still present. I got some that's trying to teach people how to do it. I mean, I actually heard somebody say, now, I want you to repeat after me. And I'm going, really? And I got so frustrated to where I said, God, look, if it's a gift from you, then I want it from you. And if it's not something I need a concern about, then take this desire away from me. Don't let me be even thinking about it no more. Man, but if it is something that's going to bring me closer to you, I want it. That was my words. And I'd be crying like a baby in the middle of the night. My wife be sleeping just as happy. <laughs> I'm 3 o'clock in the morning, cuddle up in a fetal position, crying. Because I wanted so much more of God. Because I I'd wasted so many years running. And I wanted to make up for those years. Yeah. And I can remember as I was praying and crying out to God. And all of a sudden I just started speaking in tongues. And it scared the daylights out of me. It did. Because guess what? I felt like I wasn't in control. What the heck is just happening? What have I been asking him for? Now it happens and I get afraid. But here's the great blessing of God. Because that, that moment right afterwards is when God gave me the second gift. That second gift was hearing his voice in a way that I would never heard it before. It's like hearing it, but I wasn't hearing it from the outside. I was hearing it from the inside. And he said, What did you ask me for? And there's such a peace that came over me that I knew it was him. And he'd answer all the confusion that I had. And I just slumbered right back into just praising him in tongues. You see, this is what I'm saying because it was a gift from him. I was asking him. For the answer. I was seeking him. You see he uses man as messengers. But you got to seek him. This man. Became afraid. Because he had seen God. And his wife reminded him look. He just spent time with us. If he wanted to destroy us, he's not going to destroy us and bless us in the same breath. Did you not remember the message that he gave? He didn't come to destroy us. He came to bless us. So the, quest, the, 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 the point I want to make to you on this verse is stop being afraid of spiritual things. Stop being afraid of spiritual encounters. We serve a spiritual God who sent you a Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is to link up with you and bring you to that spiritual place. Because guess what? These mortal bodies that you live in are temporary. When you dwell with God, it won't be in these mortal bodies. You're in training to be spiritual beings. And we have to accept that fact. We have to see beyond this. See, this wife had to accept that there's something supernatural that's happening inside of me. And I'm going to tell you something. Ladies, I, I sometimes, and, and I've got to put this right because i <laughs> I got to be real careful sometimes with my words. But I really envy you in one aspect. Because I think about it's like when my my wife was carrying our children and and I think about the miraculous thing that happens in your body. You conceive and you bring forth life from within yourself. Do you realize the miracle that is? To carry this child for nine months... in your womb, to feel it kick and grow inside of you. That's a miracle in itself. We take that for granted now. But I do I'm, I'm awestruck. <laughs> I am awestruck. Now, as a man, would I want that to happen to me? No. <laughs> I'll leave it to you. <laughs> okay. They tell a man the closest thing he can get to it is passing a kidney stone. No, uh -uh. (laughs) uh-uh. I thank God for you ladies. (laughs) Okay. But see, but that's the thing that we need to understand. There are miracles that happen every single day around us, and we take for granted. Supernatural things that we can't even begin to create, only God. We can do brain surgery, but we can't make the brain. We can do it in vitro, but we can't make life. Only God. So recognize the spiritual person that you are. Recognize that God was giving a spiritual answer for the sake of a disobedient people. And it says in verse 24, when her son was born, he she named him Samson, and the Lord blessed him as he grew up. Now, here's where for the sake of time, I want to jump down to something here in verse 14. Or chapter 14, I should say. Starting at verse one. Here's Samson as he grows up and he's walking with his mom and his dad and and, um there's a Philistine woman that catches his eye. And of course, mom and dad is like, look, we have worked hard to keep you right with God. Now, you're looking at this Philistine woman. As my, my mother would say in the old days, you're looking at this hussy. Say, can't you find a woman that's right for you? Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you mothers out there, there ain't going to be no woman right for your son? There ain't no woman right for your son. I don't care who she is. She could be Mother Teresa in her youth. And you still be saying, all right, son. You got to really make sure you take some time to get to know her. Uh, what family is she from? See, they were doing what in their heart instinctively they wanted to do because they knew the track that God had them on. But here's the thing. Samson took a liking to this person. But verse 4 says a great deal. 14.4. His father and mother didn't realize The Lord was at work in this, creating an opportunity to work against the Philistines who ruled over Israel at that time. It all rolls back to Israel again. Why was Samson born? For the sake of Israel. They were doing what seemed to be the right thing in encouraging him. But sometimes we don't understand that God shifts gears. This was what I needed for the season. This is what I needed you to do for your part. Now your part is done. Now this is where I'm going to lead and guide and open and close doors. Sometimes I want to let you parents know. Your children Put them in the hands of God and leave them there. Trust what God is doing because sometimes God is the one who has to teach them. Notice in that verse where God says, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they are older, they will not depart from it. Are we willing to allow ourselves to have prodigal sons and daughters. <laughs> I didn't say no. That's just honest. Yeah, we oh man. But see the thing is is you gotta realize sometimes God is gonna make it to where you have to let go. It's not just for their growth, but it's for yours as well. I'm going to tell you, the greatest thing, and I don't share this much with many people, unless God tells me to, and I'm going to do it today. You just told me to, so I'm going to. I wasn't expecting to. But you know what? One of the greatest things of faith that began in me was with my daughter. My daughter and I are, you know, we were like this. But my daughter lost her mind one day. married going through a bad situation, you know, because of the fact that there were some things going on as them young and trying to keep things together and so forth and and she began to make some bad choices. And I was looking like, "What is this, my little girl? What the heck are you doing?" And then she made a decision on something she was going to do. And it totally totally was the opposite of what God would have done. And she came to me, as always, wanting dad to support her in what she was going to do. And it was the first time in life I had to tell my baby girl, no, that ain't going to happen. And she looked at me with such shock. Because this was really important. It affects her, it affected my granddaughter, and everything else. My little baby granddaughter. And I could not. And, And the Lord gave me a vision and showed me that if she followed through, And if she was allowed to take my granddaughter into the environment she was looking at going into, my granddaughter was not going to make it out alive. And when God shows me something, I can take it to the bank. It ended up to where I actually sat in a courtroom. And this was ripping me apart. Because my daughter was so angry with me. And I explained to her, sweetie, this is not about you. This is about the grandbaby. And I cannot allow this. You're putting yourself at risk, and I can't control that. You're an adult. But I cannot, in all good conscience, allow you to take my granddaughter into that situation. And she couldn't see it. And I told the judge, my daughter's a great mother. But right now, she's not thinking clearly. She's seeing her anger, her hurt, and herself. And I'm only doing this because I love her and I love my granddaughter. And I don't want her to regret something happening to me. But those words were hollow to my daughter. She did what she wanted to do. She lost custody of her granddaughter. That hurt me. Then my my daughter, she left. She went to go do what she was doing. She called the house. She talked to my wife. And every time it was like somebody taking a knife and jamming it in and then twisting it and kind of stirring it around. I said, Lord, why? Why? Why this situation? Lord, it was hurting me. Every time I'd hear my wife say, you need to talk to your dad. And the phone never came my way. Every time i hear the conversation and the things that the Lord was showing me and had shown me were starting to come to pass. And I knew my daughter was hurting and I knew this situation was getting volatile. But the Lord said I couldn't do anything until my daughter reached out. She talked to her mom and her mom says, you really need to talk to your dad. And this went on for months. Then we were getting ready to go to a family reunion in South Carolina. And a phone rang. And my wife was on the phone, and she was literally in tears. She said, sweetie, you really need to talk to your dad. And she handed the phone. daughter was sobbing uncontrollably. She said, Dad, and she was telling me the situation, and I said, Dad, first, do I need to send somebody to you? I have somebody in the next state that can be there very shortly. Now, I said, well, are you where you can gather your things and get on a plane and do it safely? You yeah. know, don't worry about anything you have to leave behind. Whatever you can pack up, get it. Get to an airport, there will be a plane ticket there for you. You're going to meet us in South Carolina, and we'll go home from there. Okay, Dad. There has never been an I told you so. There's never been a need for that. How many of you know when people do things and they get hurt, they already know. You don't need to rub nothing in. It's not about you being right. See, my daughter's coming up to visit next week. Since then, she's had, you know, a wonderful marriage, wonderful kids. We're the grandparents of 11 grandkids between her and my son. She's in her 40s now. She is doing awesome. But see, I had to trust God with my daughter. I prayed for her like nobody ever would pray. And he kept her safe. My granddaughter, that same granddaughter, is 21 years old now. But see, you just got to trust God and understand that sometimes God's purpose for life will take you through obstacles. Sometimes you'll have to deal with things. And sometimes God is the one that orchestrates this thing. And the question is will we trust Him even when it doesn't look like God? Will we trust Him even when sometimes He's got to allow us to go? a little bit haywire for us to be better. Some of you have gone through situations in your marriage. Why? Because it will make you a better marriage counselor. Some of you have gone through abuses. Why? Because it's going to make you more empathetic and be able to relate to individuals that's gone through the abuses. See, we miss the point that we survive. We miss the point that we've learned things, that we have an understanding of things, and that understanding is for someone else. Samson, there was so much to his life before he got in the middle of the Philistines. And there was so much in his life that had to bring him to the point of getting in the midst of the Philistines so he could destroy them. He says he was on a trip down, and all of a sudden, that's when he engaged a lion. Why did God have to start out with a lion? For the same reason he had to do with David. David was a little shepherd boy, and it said that before he got to Goliath, he had to, there was a bear and there was a lion. That he slayed protecting the sheep. Oh well when Goliath came about. Who were the sheep? Israel. But there's a learning curve. How many of you know that you've experienced a learning curve with God? And how many of you know sometimes you didn't like it? (laughs) But the great thing is, is you're still here. The great thing is, is you're still learning. The great thing is, is when you have a mindset to know that you don't know everything and we're constantly in a state of learning. I tell people all the time, I will never stop learning until they put me in a hole in the ground. And guess what? When I rise again, (laughs) I still got a lot to learn because I got a lot of questions for Jesus. A lot of questions it's okay to be in a constant learning state don't ever think you got it all don't ever think you know it all how many of you know when you come against somebody who knows it all it's kind of hard to get anything in They're really hard anybody ever encounter anybody like that mm-hmm annoying aren't they just remember, don't be the one who's annoying. Because <laughs> sometimes we can be. But what I want you to get here is this. In verse 6, which is so important, 14, 6. And this is when he was encountering a lion. At that moment, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon him and he ripped the lion's jaws apart with his bare hands. He did it as easily as if it were a young goat. If God's in it, no matter what it looks like, he's going to protect you through it. You don't have to be afraid. Walk through it saying, Lord, what is it you want me to do? Show me the next step. And why do I say that? Because sometimes we want the whole picture before we'll take the next step. For a Christian, it's show me the next step, and I'll trust you for the whole picture. step of faith the step of doubt is show me the whole picture and then I'll take the next step the step of faith is show me the next step and I'll trust you for the picture does that make sense so as we take on this Christian journey understanding that you were created As God says, all things created by him, for him, and for his purpose. That's you. What's your purpose? God's will. God's plan. The salvation of a nation. That's God's plan. Your your peace, step by step, you'll figure it out. But you got to be willing to take the step. You got to be missional in what you're doing. you got to realize that God has sent you for a reason for a purpose. It's not just for the for the house with the picket fence and the 3.5 kids. it's not for just that. I'm still trying to figure out that half kid anyway but it's very important 3.5 where did they get this stuff anyway? <laughs> 3.5 kids anyway though is to understand your life has purpose look at your neighbor take a take a second just look at your neighbor that's your purpose that's your purpose that's your purpose I'll tell you what yeah you know you're just a cute couple I love this I' tell you what just, that's a dynamite looking couple I like that. But, you know, but this is the thing is to understand. God has blessed you with the ability to pour into somebody else's life. Now, here's a great thing as well. He's blessed you with the ability to receive from somebody else's life. You don't believe it? Guess what? Why is it that according to God's word, it's not good for man to be alone? And one of the biggest things that we fear is being alone. Because we were created by God and God is true. We need each other. The person that cries out the loudest, I don't need nobody. Is a person that needs somebody. (laughs) They know it. But they don't know how to deal with it. They don't know how to or how to receive, that's where our patience and our love comes in, because everybody needs somebody, amen, so what I want you to get out of today is real simple, realize that you have a purpose in Christ, realize that you were created for a purpose, you're not just existing, but the only way you're going to understand that purpose is to know God and yield to God. you got to follow him. He'll lead you on that path of righteousness for his name's sake. He'll lead you to, as what we put sometimes, your destiny. The Bible says you're predestined. Or some people pronounce it predestinated. Either way, God has a plan for you. My question today is simple. Will you trust him with that plan? Will you trust him without seeing the end? Because that's our biggest issue. All right, Lord. So I can see and then I can, no, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. No, you couldn't. You're absolutely right. You couldn't handle it. And some of you say, okay, Lord, nope, I'm going the other way. Because reality is all I saw was that one part of the plan when he was calling me into ministry. And I ran. It didn't matter what the rest of it was. (laughs) I just saw that first step. No, No, I'm not doing it. Why? Because I knew that part of his verse where he said, and their blood will be on your hands. I knew that scripture. I said, "Uh uh-uh, Lord, you mean somebody else. I don't need that responsibility. Why? Because I was thinking with a narrow mind. I was thinking about my ability instead of God's. It's not about your ability. It's about your availability to God. If you're obeying him, he takes responsibility. Our job is just to hear him and obey. And it's easy to know when it's God just by simply knowing his word. Talk to him word says, learn of me. So just communicate with him. Talk to him just like you would talk to this man up here. Talk to him just like you would talk to your spouse. Be honest with him. Like I said, he and I have had some conversations and some of it really, to be honest, (laughs) there should have been a big hand to just say, stop. Wake up, boy. (laughs) Slap the daylights out of me, really. (laughs) But you know what? How many of you have children and you understand every child is different? And when you understand the differences in your children, there's some things you just don't take any heed to and say they'll get over it. (laughs) And you understand some communicate differently. Some respond differently, but you love your children just the same. I thank God that he loves me for who I am. He understands me better than anybody. And I thank God that he's patient, he's tolerant, but at the same time, he's persistent. your purpose hasn't changed. It doesn't matter how old you are. It hasn't changed. The question is now, Lord, show me what it is. Remember, how many steps at a time? One step at a time. Don't get ahead of God. One step at a time, knowing that he'll strengthen you for the next them amen
0: The Lord will not teach you, just you and him. A lot of it going to come from somebody. And being open to someone else teaching you or helping you, insights, revelation, words of knowledge. Amen. And this, is, it, it, he does it on purpose to keep us humble, to keep us in a state of being taught, So much, and as uh, we come to a close, we're gonna do altar call. But we, what we also wanna want you to understand, saints, that uh, like my, my pastor was talking about, he does it on purpose to keeps us. It keeps us in a place of being humble. It keeps us in a place of uh, not getting in spiritual pride. to the arms of people who don't care nothing about you. And I pray for all of God's people that we grow in the understanding of what love does and who love is. The Bible says love What's on your heart? What do you desire today? What's on your heart, Lord? Just to get my focus off of me, my bills,
1: about giving birth here. It's about giving birth. I don't know if there's something that, if it's a physical birth, if it's something that somebody's been praying about, and you've been feeling like, I'm just not going to be able to do it. There's no way I can bring this forth. There's no way it's going to ability to give birth. The ability to do that which you have not been able to do before. You've wanted it to do it. You've had a desire to do it. But you've almost, it's like you've seen it as an impossibility. You've almost given up on it. And God's saying, not so. I am placing that in you right now. go beyond what he gives me. I can't go beyond what he shows me. I can't make something into what it's not. But that's all he's given me. So whoever it is, receive it now in the name of Jesus. Understand that God says you can and you will. But recognize it's God that's doing it. It's God enabling you. Because, like I said, I'm trying. I've been sitting there asking God, "What is it? What is it? What is it? Is it a physical birth that somebody's been having issues with? Is it a is it a, is it a birth of a business? Is it a birth of what? What is it? And He won't show me, but that's okay. You'll know it. God, when the time happens. But as Pastor said, if there's something that you need, if you're having problems with faith, saying, Lord, I, I want to learn how to trust you for that next step. I want to learn how to stop seeking the whole picture before I'll move. If that's you today, then let us partner with. says pray one for another. And that's all this time is for. It's that you know that you're not alone. We support you just as we will support you. As we know that you also support us. God says you have not because you... something when you have to be on the outside and looking in he wants to bless you but you have to be saying Lord I want it and when you give it to me I'm going to be willing to use whatever you give me. but he's a good father your heart if you tugs on your heart don't be afraid stand up stand up is just that one step putting one foot in front of the other
0: knowing that Lord I don't want to miss you and that's a wrap thanks again for tuning in to the restoration Foursquare church audio podcast we hope you were encouraged and empowered by today's message if you like to learn more about our church, please visit our website at r4sq.org. We pray you have a great week. God bless.